Hello and welcome back to The Current. I'm your host, Nadia Last. Today rounds out the final episode in our human design energy type deep dive series. We are talking about our reflectors. Reflectors are very rare and mystical beings. Y'all are only 1% of the population. And you know that you're looking at a reflector chart because they have every single center or shape in the chart open, white, or undefined. What that means, quite simply, is that reflectors are receptive beings. They are taking in and can become very potentially wise about all of the energy that they feel from other people. They are connecting with the energy of the whole. They can step into a room full of people and feel everyone at the same time, which can be somewhat challenging sometimes, as we'll talk about today, but also it's a very cool experience to be connected to totality. So today we have two reflectors on the episode. We are hearing two reflector experiences, and this was an important thing for Sam and I because reflectors are so different. Reflectors, because they're taking in so much energy from other people, one reflector energy and experience can be very, very different from another's. So today we have the privilege of bringing onto the show Becca. She's HD Undefined on Instagram. If you're in the human design world and land and follow different people, you might have seen her profile. And we also have Jules, Juliana. She is uh, joining us as Becca's business partner, and they run different masterminds and they have coaching that they run together. And they're two reflectors in business. It is really, really cool to hear from their experiences today. They described and articulated the reflector energy better than I've ever heard before. To be honest, I'm so stoked to release this into the world because there is not very good reflector information out there. And this episode is chock full of very practical, tactical ways of understanding what does it feel like to be a reflector. And before we get into that, if you've been along the journey for the last few episodes, you know that we are launching our final cohort of human design training ever. This is a very special experience. Sam and I have poured our hearts into this course. It is an opportunity for you to study yourself, to understand your innate energy over 15 glorious weeks. There is a Google Classroom. It has a bunch of different lessons, and we're going to walk you through all of the different facets of human design that are foundational to the system and understanding how you're designed to move through this world. If it weren't for human design, I would certainly not be doing this podcast. I would not have had the courage to leave my corporate job and step into my passion in therapy and healing spaces. I felt so affirmed by studying not just my energy type being a projector, but all of the gates that I have, my incarnation cross or my life path. Everything just reaffirms all of all of the parts of me that I knew were inside, but I was conditioned by society to not necessarily step into because it was a little bit out there, a little bit eccentric. Even the piece of me that is so interested in studying a system like human design is spelled out in my human design. My unconscious son for my human design nerds is in gate 61, the gate of mystery or inner truth. And it's all about being comfortable diving into and exploring the mystery of life. Questions that we can't necessarily answer, but just dive into such as, What is the meaning of life? Why are we all here? Where are we going? Why did we show up on this planet, this rock that's floating through space? And this is part of my mission here on The Current, on this podcast, is to explore these questions with a loving, centered, grounded, and allowing way. There is no one path into answering this question, but this podcast is aimed at exploring it and also reconnecting you to the energy flying through our universe that connects each and every one of us, love. It's cheesy, but I hope that just hearing my voice and connecting in with these episodes reconnects you to your inner center, to that still quiet part of you in your chest that is connected to love. And human design training is an opportunity to really get to know me, to really get to know Sam. We study your chart right alongside you. We really, really get to know you. And every single person, member of former HDT, our last two cohorts, we are still very much connected to. We love each and every one of these beings. So if you've been looking for an opportunity to connect with Sam and I and build 
spiritual, like-minded community, if you are the only one interested in human design in your friend group and you're looking to gain a community of like-minded humans, this may be for you because this is the final time we will teach this live. You have until March 8th to decide if you'd like to join this cohort. That is our first day of class. We'd love if you could join a little bit earlier because then we can get you signed up for a Google Classroom. You can order your book and materials and get in touch with Sam and I if you have any questions. You can get in touch with me in my email, hello at NadiaLast.com. You can Voxer me, which is a voice memoing app. My username is at NadiaLast. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. It's a Kim Possible reference for all my 90s babies. And without further ado, I am so pleased to introduce you to Reflectors Explained. Hello, everyone. I am back here with our Human Design Deep Dive series with my bestie and collaborator, Nadia Last. And we are rounding out the series with a deep dive on the reflector energy type. And we are so excited to be talking with not just one, but two reflectors, two, three, five reflectors, Becca and Jules. And I would love for you two to go ahead and introduce yourself and share a little bit about, um, about, about yourself and what you do. Yes. Oh my God. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, my name is Becca. I am a three, five reflector. Like you said, I am a human design and business mentor. I kind of started off as a human design reader. And then I realized that I loved working with, I only wanted to talk to entrepreneurs Um, And I also have a background in marketing, so I kind of merged the two worlds. And now I'm the co-founder of me and my partner here, Jules. Our signature program is The Vision, and we kind of help people build a business from the inside out where we focus on the self-discovery and the inner work and building your business from that place with the goal of creating a business that is from a place of alignment and that's aligned with like the work you're here to do in the world and the gifts you have. And it's very fun we have a great time. So that's me. <laughs> and I'm Jules or Juliana. And uh, I am also a three, five reflector. I would call myself a business coach, uh, mentor, an inner guide. And I really, my expertise is in leading our clients home to themselves by witnessing the inner places by really going into, you know, my, my, Favorite sentence is the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. So we often go inwards, witnessing, kind of excavating some of the deeper core wounds so that we can come home to loving ourselves so that our self-expression is a representation of our truest being. So that's really what I do with Becca. And uh, I call her my business wife. Uh, I would say we're more than business partners. We married our business completely. So we don't actually see clients separately at all any longer. And it's really cool to have, this is Nadia, (laughs) first time I'm speaking on this episode, but it's just really cool to have two people in business partnership with such similar human design energies. And yet it's likely you two have such different expressions of it because every reflector is so different. So we're going to get into what that means for you, but Sam, I think that we should spend a little time and just define what a reflector is. And I'll start by saying that you will know that you are looking at a reflector chart when you pull up someone's chart and every single center or shape on the chart is open, meaning it's white or undefined. And what's so awe-inspiring about pulling up a reflector chart. There's this moment of like, I always gasp whenever I pull up a reflector chart and I'm like, whoa, a reflector, because reflectors are only 1% of the population. Reflectors with so much openness or receptivity to the world around them, they're picking up on every single energy type that's being sort of like transmitted into the, the ethers. Reflectors are designed to be connected to totality, to be connected to the collective, they will stand at the mi- in the middle of a room and feel every single person's energy at once and how those energies are working together. So it's a very mystical and very unique ex- experience of being a human to feel how are we all doing as a collective? How are we all doing as humanity? Sam, what else would you add about the reflector energy type before we hear Jules and Becca speak to that? Something I really love about reflectors is their ability to guide and to see. So we often talk about reflectors being designed to be at the center of a community. So like 
put a, a reflector in the middle of a business of a corporation with a lot of employees, and they'll be able to identify where leadership is off, where there's too much ego, where emotions are running too hot, where people aren't being supported where there's fear, where it's really aligned. And that's amazing. Nadia and I always love to use this analogy about like a reflector as like a yoga teacher in a class with Jules is a, is a uh, yoga instructor and used to own a yoga studio of like, they can almost see, feel into like, what does the class need right now? Like what's here? But I also really love being guided by reflectors on a one-on-one level. One of my dearest friends, Tanya um, Reyes, who was on this podcast talking about reflectors about a year ago is a reflector. And she gives me the most clear reflections of myself. It's like she can feel in to be like, don't you see how good you are at this? And there's just a clarity, a, a neutrality to it because their aura type, it's not penetrating. It's not this kind of like close. It's this, um, it almost has like a, it's, I feel it's very neutral. Um, not that it can't move me forward, but there's this ability just to so clearly pick up what is there. I would love to hear from Beckett and Jules, how you describe reflectors. When I think about that question, the first thing that pops to mind, the way I see it is that we're really here to experience like the fullest range of the human experience because our path is so there's so much variability because there's so much openness and we're here to sample. I just feel like we are here to really learn what it means to be human in like every single way, the the good, the bad and the ugly. And I think that's really beautiful. I feel like one of the most spiritual things we can do is like have a 3D experience because that's why we came here. I also think that we, like Sam said, we're here, we see things and we see what's going on underneath the surface. We can kind of see the truth of things in a more objective way. Obviously our own stories, you know, still come into the mix, but we have a little bit more of that objective point of view. And I think from, from what I've noticed, a lot of like our clients and the people that are drawn to us are people that they want to be seen. And we all want to be seen. All humans want to be seen and understood. And I think that's a, a really beautiful gift that reflectors have. And I think that's why they can find so many people are drawn to them because it feels really good to be in the presence of somebody who's just sees your truth so deeply. Jules, what would you add to that? When you use the word witness, I feel like that's very represent. And and I'm quite new to, to human design only over the last two or so years. So Becca is the human design expert in our union and Understanding more about my human design and understanding more about what it is to be a reflector just affirmed all of the things that I was naturally doing as a human in this world. So when you talked about understanding in a corporation, if you're in the middle where the dissonance is, that's very much a part of how I operate. So I can be in the center of things and watch dynamics and I can very, very quickly see where the dynamic is off. Unfortunately, often when I was in corporate, the dynamic is off near the top. And when the dynamic is off near the top, I have consistently come to because I have a language around the corporate world that the corporations would be in such um, it would be so smart for them to hire reflectors to come in and and really do kind of a critical analysis of what's going on if this was more commonplace among the communities, because I very much can do that. That witnessing is very much a part of like how we be in the world. And then on a smaller scale, we pull information into our body so we can often feel what's happening in the room. We can feel where things are heavy or off and then pair this with your conscious son and whatever your main gift is. And I have the 19th gift of sensitivity. I can often feel what my family needs what my friends need, what you talked about a yoga class as a yoga instructor, I can feel, you know, what the class needs, or I can feel when it's just like off, you know, uh, that's very much a part of um, my abilities. I love that word. We are the witness. I think that's such a beautiful thing and that people come to you to be seen. And I really believe that when, when people are aligned, people are attracted to them for the right reason. I've really seen this just in my own coaching practice, this surprise about like, Wow, people keep coming for the same reason. And it wasn't necessarily what I thought. I do want to just kind of pause for a moment for anybody who's like, okay, so it's all white. Like it's, we're talking about openness. Like, so what? Like, what does that mean? 
most people, 99% of people, when they look at their chart, they'll, everyone will see these shapes. And most people have multiple of those shapes colored in. What it means to be so open. In human design, when everybody has these like energy hubs, that's what we call these shapes, they're called centers. These centers, these energy hubs that are open, they're taking in other people's energy and they're amplifying it. So for a reflector, they're taking in other people's emotional energy and amplifying it in a way that I don't as an emotional MG, because I have that fixed. I don't really take in other people's. I can be aware of it, but I don't feel it in the same way in my body. I have this like strong engine energy that I produce. I don't, I'm not really impacted by others, but a reflector would take that in and taking in that much information that is what allows them to see. It's what allows them to witness, but it also can make it challenging because it allows them to be more conditioned, to be impacted by others, especially if they're not in environments that are correct for them. And especially if they don't know about this um, and they don't know anything about energy management. Uh, I would like to hear a little bit from you guys about do you identify people talk a lot about how reflectors are so sensitive? And I, I wonder how that feels to hear um, and being open to conditioning, like what is your relationship with hearing stuff like that? I think I have a lot of thoughts on this. I I think that I've related to it in some ways. Like I am very sensitive emotionally. I'm a Pisces. I'm very watery. I also am very much related to the like kind of being a traditional empath and feeling other people's emotions. But I don't love this whole narrative that makes reflectors sound like little fragile baby birds because that is not my experience and is not what I've witnessed reflectors as at all. And I think there's a misconception there when people learn about undefined centers, they think, yeah, like we're just this fragile little thing, but there's the Teflon aura that we have that's meant to have some kind of protective layer. Because if we didn't have that, it would just be like so much. But in my experience, and since I learned about the Teflon aura, I feel like we can almost like work with that uh, protection. Like I've noticed that in areas where there's a lot of people around, I can almost sort of imagine that I'm in a bit of a bubble. Um, and I do feel like I'm protected in some way from other people. Like I'm sensitive in some ways, but I also love going to concerts. I can be in huge crowds and I don't feel overwhelmed, like literally at all. I actually love it. I love the energy of it. So I think that, yeah, this idea that reflectors are fragile little butterflies is... <laughs> It's not true. And I think that it's, it's damaging to, to promote. It's disempowering. And Becca, I would love for you to define what, what this, what this means. You're saying that reflectors have a, a little bit of a, a Teflon around their aura and you, you use the word sampling before. So I'd like to define this for a second that reflectors, if this is your energy type, the way that energy moves from out of your body, your aura and how the world experiences you and how you experience the world is that you're constantly sampling, but that there is a little bit of a protective film around yourself. Can you speak more about that? Yeah. And Teflon is the stuff that's on pans, correct? Is that on, yeah. on nonstick pans? Right. So just think of a nonstick pan. Like we are here to sample. So we are here to feel, but we're not here to like absorb and hold on to things. So the the ideal is that we can feel into different people and their environments and their emotions, and their identities. And we're like, okay, I feel it. I get it. I'm tasting it. I understand it. But then it slides off of us like a nonstick pan. <laughs> and I have witnessed that when I'm taking care of myself, I really notice that the trouble that I have noticed um, when I start to hold on to other people's energies is when I'm not staying on top of, you know, the self-care and the boundaries and stuff like that. And I have noticed that the longer I'm in an environment that's not good for me, I feel like the power of that aura gets a little weaker and I things do start to kind of soak in. But I think the important thing is that you know how to care for yourself and you know how to discharge the energy you pick up and that aura is going to give you protection. I'm hearing a question from people listening who are like, how do you do that? Whether you're a reflector or not, like how can I discharge energy once I've picked it up? Do you two have some, some examples and activities you do that you want to share? I'm curious what Jules thinks about this because she, I, I love watching her work with our clients because what she does is really work in like the emotional world with people. Um, and so she's really good at sitting with people and holding space for their 
even very intense emotions. And I often wonder myself, I'm like in awe of you kind of, because I'm like, wow, like you hold it so well. So I have some thoughts, but I'm I'm curious what you do here because I think that, um, yeah, I feel like you have some wisdom to share here. <laughs> when I'm able to see with a client and able to go inward and feel their depth and feel the sometimes the conflict or the dissonance between their true self and these like barriers that they put between their heart and, you know, receiving love or moving towards their expression. I can often feel it and I'll hold space for it and can witness it. When I'm in that space of witnessing, it's very intentional and there's a a choice that I open. It's like an open channel and I can very easily shift. I don't take it into my body. I can feel it in my body. I can absorb it almost. It becomes me for a moment. Like I, Becca has witnessed this, that I've even had physical symptoms come up in session with clients. I'll say like, oh my gosh, there's something happening. And it will be like in my throat or in my heart. And it's uh, the best I can say is it's like a channel and I pull it in. When, as soon as the conversation is done and that person is gone, it shifts and it's almost shocking how fast we as reflectors can shift the energy when we change the environment. So sometimes when I'm stuck in those places of taking on uh, too much content or too much information, too much emotional uh, tension or depth or like stickiness, I have to shift very quickly and you can get stuck in kind of a vortex. And if you don't move fast, it can trap you. And so Becca will sometimes support me in this and be like, put your pants on and get out of the house (laughs) now. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) I have to, and it's wild. The, I'm sure everybody goes through, you know, differences when they leave their, their environment. But for us, environment is so key that it will vastly change how I feel on my inner landscape. So if I've been in heavy sessions all day, all it really will take is for me to leave this environment. And sometimes it's as simple as me even leaving this room. I can go to another room and Becca can feel it when I'm in my kitchen versus whether I'm here. So it's it's just wild. And it's about environmental shifts and owning your empowered choices to move quickly. I think, too, a really big thing that has helped me because I have I think you're better at this than I am. I have really struggled with holding on to things that I'm picking up from other people. And I think the big thing is is to remember that when we're holding on to things like there's a lot of input that's come into our body. So if you're wanting to discharge, I would recommend removing any other input, like don't go right to Instagram and start scrolling because that's just more input. So if you're feeling like you are, you are full, that's what I would recommend is like any information that's coming at you, just remove it, be in the quiet, take a bath, don't go on social media, move your body. And I think it's just something that's important to prioritize because I don't think we realize as reflectors that we are different than a lot of people. And so the maintenance of ourselves is just going to be a little different. (laughs) You, you know, Jules, you talked about the importance of the environment and even just shifting your room and it's kind of common wisdom for reflectors. Your environment's so important. And this originates from the open G center. And I think, I mean, that's the way human design language talks about it, but I actually think that it, it also just relates to being so available. And so I'm curious if one, if you've, resonated with that and like how you've made decisions in like your home or in where you go to like eat and the community that you live in. I've heard reflectors talk about like I've gone into restaurants and we like had a reservation. We're excited. And it's like, it is not right in here and staying and just like nothing fun happened or just telling their friends or partner, like, I'm sorry to change your plans, but like, we have to, we have to go. Um, and you were both nodding your head. Do you relate to this? Oh my God. That was one of the first things that I learned that I was like, I feel so validated because not everybody is like this. And so I I'll say stuff like I can feel the clutter in the closet. Like I'm looking at my closet right now, the door's closed. I can't see it, but I swear that I can like feel it. And people are like, what is wrong with you? Um, I have a, my fiance is very, uh, he's very defined. And so sometimes I think he laughs at me because I'm like, I can't, I can't work and I can't think if there's like even a little bit of clutter, I will lose my actual mind. And when I remember when I was a kid, I used to play soccer and I would say to my dad, we would, you know, you go to away games in different towns and I would say this field doesn't feel good. 
And I think we're going to lose. And then other games, I'd be like, it feels good here. I think we're going to win. And I, I mean, I don't know if I predicted it every time, but it felt like I was picking up on some and I would get more nervous when it was like a bad vibe from a field. It was, it was wild. So I related very much and how it affects how I live my life is that I prioritize my space like at the very top of my list, probably higher than a a lot of other people would because I know the domino effect it has on me. Because I know if I wake up and my space is clean, I will like get into my morning routine. I'll have a productive day. If I wake up and my space is not clean, it's like all bets are off. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's it's almost so severe that it can't be ignored. So I can't, I can't go into an environment that feels off and not feel off. And this becomes a challenge with family, especially around the holidays when you're going to different people's homes and you're pulling in. And like I've heard it said by a reflector uh, that the best thing that people can do to love a reflector is to work on themselves so that they don't have to take on all of other people's bullshit, essentially. And I feel that so deeply because even going to, you know, my own parents' home and you can almost feel the um, emotional dysfunction in the, in the things, in the tangible, in the space. And it's so severe. So that exact rundown of walking into a restaurant, realizing this doesn't feel good here has happened to me. And when I fight that and I don't intuitively allow that to stay present, I always suffer the consequence. Afterwards, I feel the ramifications of being in an environment that wasn't right for me. And so I am very cautious uh, about being in certain environments. And this has happened in my own home and people I choose to live with, and people that I choose to invite into my home too. It's like I can feel them when the energy shifts in the room. It's almost like the lights change. I don't know how to describe it. It's an energetic feeling. It's very tangible, intense. You need to honor this. You need to really be aware of it as a reflector because I think we've been taught by society to just accept, especially as young children, the way that we're taught to sit down and be quiet, no matter the environment, you know, even kids that are neurodivergent, which I am. And so is my, my children's dad. And we have a neurodivergent child, obviously, and he's very busy and he's moving a lot, but he's been taught to sit and be quiet. Right. And when we're taught to not intuitively follow the function of our own spirit, our own body, then we're actually like, betraying ourselves in real time. And so many people have been taught to do that with their environment. You just accept what's here because of your parents and the conditioning and everything else that you've been accustomed to. But the best advice I would have for a reflector is be very honest about how you feel here. Be Accept what's happening and that it doesn't feel good and shift it as quickly as you can. If there's a f- reflector listening out here who is like, I used to feel like that as a child. Like I have a memory of that, but I'm disconnected from that. I, I had to shut it off, but I want to be more open to it. Like I want to reconnect with myself. How, how would you suggest that they go about that process? I think that where I would recommend starting is kind of where we have all clients start, which is what we call witnessing, which is literally just starting to pay attention to the emotions that you're experiencing, the thoughts that are running through your head, your behavior from a more detached kind of observer point of view where you're not judging yourself and being like, I'm so dumb. Why did I do that? But you're literally just observing yourself because the work here is like in in detangling things because we want to get to the heart of like, what is you? Like, what is your truth? What are your desires? What do you want? And then what is other people? What is your conditioning? And the process can feel like big, but the the entry point, I think I would say, is in the skill of witnessing. Yeah. And, and truly sitting, sitting with yourself like it is no matter what the question is, the answer is inner work <laughs> is, is really what it comes down to. But for the reflector, even more, there's like a silence that's required. It's like you have to come and I'll even say to Becca sometimes, hey, I need to go inward. And she'll say, OK, what can I do? Can I be here? Like we'll still be present on Zoom, but I'll have to shut off complete noise 
and I go completely inward and it's a witnessing of the inside of my body. And it's, if you've never been accustomed to this, if you don't know how to do it, there's no right and wrong way. Just allow yourself to sit for a moment, take a breath, connect back to the breath and go inward. There's almost like a, your spine starts to elongate and you come back inside and you're inner witnessing what's happening. And then you begin to kind of assimilate information about your environment, about how you feel, about your mental uh, acuity and where you are. And you stop associating that with the world around you. You come inward first and then we slowly start to add bricks to the foundation to be able to perceive in a different way. Ooh, I love that. There's an analogy I always like to tell my clients, because I, this process of coming inward, it's so important for reflectors, but it's so important for everybody because we all need this sort of witnessing. And I always like to say, imagine like a neighbor that used to ask you, like, just tell you about their life and like kind of volunteer information. And if you just stopped listening and you stopped asking, and sometimes you're like, shut up, like, I don't even care. It would, that neighbor would stop volunteering that information. And our bodies are like that too. Our bodies are innately wise. They innately provide us information about how we're feeling about the environment, about where we're safe. Like all bodies, regardless of your energy type are innately wise in that way. And if you've stopped listening to that body and you've not only stopped listening, but ignored it and actually said like, shut up body, I don't care what you have to say, it'll stop talking. And so the first step, which is I think is similar to what you were both saying, is just asking, hey, how am I feeling? And being quiet enough or at least attempting to listen. And then nothing may come up that first day, but try again the next day and the day after and it will start to talk because all bodies want to be heard and witnessed by themselves. I would love to talk a little bit more about, you know, we talked about the reflector aura being sampling that you all, depending on what environment, the people that you're around, you're going to be taking in that energy. It's, it's really healthy and helpful to discharge it, to remember that it's not yours, to not personalize it. But then there's a strategy that's involved here. And being a reflector is really interesting because your strategy is to wait a, in a full lunar cycle, like having the moon go from the new moon to the full moon back again in order to make big decisions. And the reason that this is, is because you all are taking in so much information and energy from people all the time, that going inward process of what is me sometimes takes a little bit of time to figure out what was here at the start of the lunar cycle and what's still here at the end of it. And I'd love to know how we can empower reflectors with this information and how you two work with this lunar cycle for bigger decisions and what you do for the smaller decisions in between. When I first learned about this, I was like, what? I was not into it at all. And some people, it really serves them to literally to track the transits to see what's transiting to like to track in their calendar, how they're feeling every day and to count 30 days. And if that works for you, that's uh, beautiful and amazing. If that feels restrictive to you, I just want to offer the thing that I tell all reflectors, which is the most important thing here. The, the thing to take away from this is to take your time, just take your time. And as reflectors, we, especially having undefined pressure centers so we can like really take in a lot of pressure and start to feel like I gotta go I gotta figure this out I have to rush um sometimes that can kind of take we can take that and run with it so I think the important thing here is to not let the pressure you're picking up from the world around you drive you and just to understand that we are operating on our own timeline. So for me, it, it doesn't feel empowering to like be super anal about counting the days and tracking the transits. It's just, I've tried it. It's just not my thing. Um, if it's a major decision, I wait as long as physically possible. If it is a shorter decision, I kind of let myself intuitively feel into it. But the important thing is that I'm just taking my time and maybe taking my time is a week. Maybe it's three days, whatever. But that's important. And I think the other thing that is really essential to our um, decision making is the environment and the people we're around. If we're in the right place around the right people, we'll feel clearer and it's easier to just access what our truth is. If something's off in the environment or the people we're around, it's going to get all wonky. I have to be totally honest that I don't love the 
I don't love the process of being asked to wait 28 days. That's insane. Um, I am an Aquarius. Uh, we are just like fast people by nature. Like um, my brain just spins circles sometimes. And I, I don't always love that either, but it feels most uh, accurate to how I process information. I learn quickly. I like to move quite fast. And so it's been a challenge to be totally honest. Uh, what I like to do instead of actually waiting a full calendar month, I actually go by my uh, moon cycle, so my period, and I'll witness how I feel. So, uh, you know, I, I have premenstrual symptoms that are separate from this conversation, but what I do is like from bleed to bleed, sorry for the TMI, but from bleed to bleed, I'll ask myself the question of like, what stayed consistent here? Like what feeling was, especially if it's taken me a long time to make a decision, like moving houses, or I I told you earlier that I just recently separated from a 16 year relationship. There was a lot of, you know, decision-making that took many years actually to make. So what I witness is my full moon cycle, what was consistent from this cycle to this cycle. And there's things that are just always going to be. So for instance, one of the things that that's been consistent over the last year is I'm absolutely certain without a shadow of a doubt that I want to be in partnership with Becca. That has never changed. The question has never waned. I've, I've had questions like, do you still love me when she sees me at my worst? But I've never had questions about our union and our business, right? So I just witness what I go through from cycle to cycle. And that feels really good. And then when I want to make a quick decision, I also empower myself to do so, but I'm very aware of my counsel. That is extremely important for a reflector. I'm aware of my counsel and of their biased opinion. So if they're very, I have a friend that's fully defined and she's an Aries and she's like spicy and real intense. So I know that if I go to her for information, she's going to have a certain biased perspective that's very based in her own opinion. So I really like to associate myself with people that like to look at all perspectives and angles from a place of integrity and inner alignment. So they feel into asking the right questions. What do you need right now when you're making that decision? They're not coming at it from an opinion. They're saying, what do you need? And then I can better assimilate the information and I can make a decision faster than waiting an entire month. So to be honest, I don't love that authority, but I'll take it on when, like, if it's a big decision, fine, I'll wait a whole month. (laughs) But I love what you're saying. You are finding your own way and bleed to bleed, first of all, is not TMI. I think we should be talking about women's periods far more often because we're experiencing them. I'm on my bleed right now. I'm just going to say that on the podcast. Um, But I think it's really cool because they call it the moon cycle because women's bodies are attuned to the moon. And so, you know, every 28, 29 days, you can you know, sort of reliably track what is consistent here and what sort of moved up and down on top of it. And I think it's really cool, Jules, that you found your own way into it. Again, like rebellious Aquarius, but it still is sort of like tuning into what's true for you. And something that you mentioned having a council, which I assume are people that you really trust in your life to to talk to. What you're talking about is that reflectors are here to, to wait a lunar cycle to really know However, they also have what's called sounding board authority, which is that if, if you don't have the time, frankly, a lot of us don't for sort of like, what are, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? You're sort of intended to sort of like hear yourself speak out loud to people that aren't necessarily giving you advice, but are just holding space. Because in that process, when you really feel, you know, you're in a trusting, good environment, back to Becca's point. As you hear yourself speak, that's how you find clarity is in the tone of your voice. And what am I excited about? And what am I consistently dreading? And um, I'm wondering if if that lands for you too. Oh my God. So, so much. And it, it's funny because our, so our group program, um, it's not just for reflectors, but there's a lot of reflectors in there, obviously, because we attract them. And it's just fun looking at our Facebook group because um, someone will come in there and they'll be like trying to figure something out or whatever. And they'll talk for like 15 minutes and then they'll be like, okay, I'm good. Never mind. <laughs> and they've kind of like resolved it themselves. And it's, it's just, it's just fun to witness. But yes, I very much, uh, I very much relate. That's why I'm so drawn to voice notes and I'll send friends like 
15 minute voice notes and I'll walk in circles around my house as I do it. And by the time I've gotten to the end, I'm like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I very much need to verbally process and and I've taken it a step further to verbally process on my own. So sometimes I'll pause a podcast or music while I'm driving in the car and I'll have a real talk conversation with myself and I'll work through some items that have been coming up for me and how to sit within my own integrity about a decision. And I'll even ask myself questions and I've been participating a little bit in parts work with my own inner integration of my shadow, which has been fascinating work. And yesterday, Becca and I fully had a conversation with uh, an archetype that lives within me that really likes to to mess things up. And uh, we were playing around with her because she's very seedy and kind of salty. And she's a little bit like vindictive, maybe. And we were just having a conversation with her. What do you need? What's important here? And the voicing of all of this information is so important that we've actually incorporated it into our business structure and our strategy. Sometimes it's going to be sending emails and setting up appointments and booking podcasts. And sometimes it's going to be processing verbally what we need to work through in order to be our whole selves so that we can move forward with clarity and grace. And so that voicing it is literally one of our lifelines. I don't think we could work without it, we'd go crazy <laughs> if we couldn't talk to each other all day. The reflectors, we talk about this term strategy and it's like how you, basically how you find alignment, but any type doesn't have to just use their own strategy or like abide by it because human design is not a like a law. Like this is not the law. This is not like a rule. This is here to show you like, here's something that this system says is going to be helpful for this category of people. And we can also look at other, like this sounding board authority was something that was prescribed to a different type, but they were actually rather similar to reflectors. So it's like, this also would be helpful for you. And I hear it all the time. And I feel that too, with like, um, you know, sacral generators, but who have like a defined spleen. It's like, you can still rely on these other pieces of wisdom and other ways to connect with your intuition. Um, one thing I would like to maybe switch gears to is I want to talk about energy as a reflector, because this is another thing that I think feels very disempowering in like the way people talk about reflectors to Becca's point earlier about like the like fragile little butterflies. People also love to talk about reflectors like they have no energy. And I've had to talk to reflectors who are like, can I even start a business? Like, can I even work? Like, can I do this? And I know so many entrepreneurial reflectors, actually almost every reflector that I know is an entrepreneur and who is able to channel their energy into these amazing things and create and to build things. One, I think there's just a misunderstanding around a lot of the way a lot of people talk about reflectors because there's just less of them and there's less people talking about them in some ways. And I don't know what is going on, but it does feel like there's a lot of myths out there. Anyway, I'd, Becca, I'd love to hear your, your perspective on this. Yeah, this is another thing that just makes me insane. I think that a lot of the times in the human design world, there's like one or two little nuggets that about each type or about each profile line that will get just passed around in the zeitgeist and talked about a lot. And it just gets sort of warped. And I think this is one of them that like reflectors have no energy. And it, it's not that we don't have energy. And I don't even love the word inconsistent because I feel like that has a negative connotation for some people. It's not the same every day. But to me, the word that I use is variable. Our energy just varies. That's it. So all we have to do as reflectors is just to figure out how to work with the flow of our own energy. That's it. And it's going to be different depending on other things in our chart and like our environment and whatever. But there are some days, I mean, if I think back to what Jules and I have created even since like we started working with a coach in September, October, and we've been creating like workshops and this program and all of this stuff. It's incredible, really, the like output that we've done over the past six months. And so I just want to say that if you're a reflector and thinking like, can I even do this? Hell yes, you like absolutely can. And on some days you can probably work even more than a generator can work. It literally just varies. So the key is is dropping the stories, dropping the shame of like, oh, I have no energy today. I'm the worst. I can't do this because that's literally taking up more of your energy, shaming yourself. Drop that and just start paying attention to how can I work with myself? And our business has been basically like a constant 
tweaking and experimenting of like how to set up a structure to support both of us. And we're both two like neurodivergent reflectors. And we have a really great system now that we're always tweaking, but we get a lot of shit done. (laughs) Yeah, we, I sometimes can work so hard that I can sit down and hyper focus on one area. Or like Becca said, we've created so much Like when we set the intention to create it, I think one of the gifts of the reflector is to have, I mean, forgive the language because it sounds almost like um, I love me some Jesus and biblical knowledge. So it sounds a little prophetic. It's like we can see what's possible. And so when we decide there's been superhuman moments of my my life when I decided at the retreat that I spoke about at the earlier part of our, our podcast that I said, I, you know, I had declared at that workshop, we're going to sell the studio, sell half of our things and move to Nicaragua. And I made this decision in March and by August that had happened. And so not only am I a reflector that has owned several businesses, but I can then make a complete pivot, a decision that's based on something that I know is true to me. And I can move towards it with absolute certainty. And when I do, I I don't know that anyone else can match my level of excitement, integrity and push. And I still have to honor my own shut off valve. Like when it's time for me to rest, that's the truest expression is getting aligned with understanding when your body has had enough. Like I can see in Becca's face when she's had enough, I can literally, and she's got a, like, she's got some Virgo stuff going on in her rising. So she's a little like, let's work no matter what. And I can see it in her face when she's had enough. And I I'll have to say like, we're done work for today. (laughs) And she's like, Oh yeah, fair. Okay. All right. And like, then we just come back to ourselves and honor ourselves. So the idea that a reflector cannot work is, you know, I think a misconception and let's hold also that sometimes there are tasks that are more difficult, really specific and, and uh, detailed tasks are very difficult for me. And so you have to assemble a group around you that can help you to, to support the dream of what you want to accomplish. And they can do the things you're not great at. And they can, you know, fill you up when you need. I think that's really, really cool. And I hope that every reflector listening is feeling really empowered right now to just trust themselves, to tune into their inner voice, their inner experience, to know when is it time to push? When is it time to rest? I would love to shift us into how does a a projector, I'm a projector, I'm projecting right now. We're talking about reflectors. How does a reflector know when they're in alignment according to human design versus when they're out of alignment? And human design language literature says that a reflector that's out of alignment will feel disappointment. They will have some level of expectation that will not be met and they'll feel disappointed by that. And then when a reflector is in alignment, they will feel surprise they will allow themselves to kind of sit back and be surprised at what the universe brings to them each day. And I'd love for you two to discuss, does that resonate with you in your life? Absolutely. And I've had what helps me to identify when I am in the not self, when I'm out of alignment is to listen to my self-talk. And if I say things in my brain, like nothing ever works out the way I want it to, stuff like that, that's disappointment. And I'm like, okay, hold on. The surprise thing at first, I was like, surprise. I don't know, because I was thinking of like a people jumping out at me or something. And I was like, (laughs) I don't know if I want that. (laughs) Like, I don't always like all surprises. Just FYI, if anyone's trying to throw me a surprise party, I don't (laughs) want one. But but then I heard somebody use the word um, like awe and wonder. And that I really resonate with Um, just having an experience where I'm like, like pleasantly surprised where I'm like, oh my God, that's my favorite state to be in. And so that has deeply resonated with me. And I think the, the other thing that has really helped in figuring out if you're in alignment or not is just literally listening to your, to your body. It sounds so simple, but like we've talked about, it's not always easy when we've been conditioned to not do that. But I can always tell when things are not in alignment because I feel a, it's like a constriction is the best way I can explain it. It's just like a, like a tightening sort of a feeling and I get exhausted. And like Joel said, you can see it in my face. I'm like, (laughs) 
I have a, a story that had come up for me when we were talking about surprise that I think will help some reflectors to better understand what this looks like. So we're meant to be observers of the human condition and of the interactions of all beings. Like that's really our position, our, our way of being in the world. And um, a great example of this, I was out walking my dog one morning and I was just doing my thing. I had no expectations of anyone around me. I had to walk my kids to school and was walking the dog. And I came across another woman. We just happened to cross paths. In this interaction, she had disclosed to me that her partner had just recently passed. And we, I, I held her in my heart. I could feel her. For a moment, there was this reciprocity and connection where I felt the grief that she had to go through in order to transcend this relationship passing this death, we had this really beautiful moment of energy. I can almost visualize like Tai Chi. It was like, it was like moving from her heart space to my heart space. And it was like this. And we talked about coaching. I had discussed uh, the the premise of a death doula because Becca and I guide people on their journey to becoming entrepreneurs, to taking their gifts to the world. I had spoken about this line of work called a death doula. And then her and I kind of vibed on this for a second. She said, Oh yeah, I've heard about this. And we just kind of exchanged information like this. It was this beautiful Tai Chi kind of, I'm moving my hands for those that are listening. They can't see this, but it was like this movement from her heart to my heart back and forth for maybe 10, 15 minutes. And then we parted ways. And that was the, I, I remember walking into my house being so surprised, elated, comforted, joyous by that interaction. And this woman is of a different group of, you know, I'm in my 30s. She's probably in her 60s or 70s. And, and arguably, we didn't have a lot in common. We might not have come across each other in this world. But that exchange filled me with such delight and surprise that that's a part of the reflector way. Whereas, let's, let's counter that with the disappointment I can almost viscerally feel it. It's when I'm trying to control my environment or the people around me for my own desires. Okay. So I'm like, I think I know what I want and I'm going to get you to fit in my little box. And when you don't fit in my box, I'm going to be so disappointed. And I can see this most uh, prevalently in, you know, I'm newly single. I've been dating over the last year and I can see it very much in that regard. When I put these expectations on people that might not be right for me, I have these expectations that they adhere to what I desire. I desire reciprocity, communication, healthy, intelligent, emotional exchange. And they don't offer me that. And then I'm so disappointment in disappointment. And it's like, it, it overcomes my body and it feels terrible and it's like restrictive and analyzing and very logical and awful, you know, and it takes me away from the reflector surprise. Whereas Becca said to me the other day, you're not meant to pursue these relationships. You're a reflector. You're meant to allow them to come to you. You're meant to allow yourself to be receptive to them. And it like clicked in my head that I had been like digging almost like a manifester. I had been trying to behave like a manifester, just going at these relationships. Okay. This is such an interesting point because I mentioned my really good reflector friend, Tanya, and we talk about human design all the time. And she said, you know, I really resonate with the need to be invited. Often we talk about invitations with projectors because the projector strategy, which is another energy type, if you haven't listened, or if you don't know about it, go back and listen to our projector episode. But we talk about this need to be invited. And she's like, even as a reflector, I feel that. Um, it doesn't feel correct to initiate or to move forward. And I would love to hear if that resonates with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it clicked with me when I learned about the G center, which is partially about like direction. Um, and if you're a reflector, you automatically have an undefined G center. But if you have one in general, this applies to you too, that when you have an undefined G center, it's like, you're not meant to yeah, go out and like force or chase or initiate like kind of the next step in your direction and things kind of come to you more. A lot of the times, like I see it as like people, other people help pull you into the next step that you're kind of meant to take. And that really resonated with me. And I found that the more I settle into it, I'm kind of like, it feels, it feels good. 
I want other people to like kind of come in and tell me what to do sometimes, but it requires a little bit of a, a relinquishing of having our hands so tightly on the reins, which is challenging. I've read that one of the biggest reflector pains is being nervous that people will forget about you if you aren't like really kind of like forcing things to happen or making yourself really big or your presence known. And so it's just, it, it I, I'm looking at Jules's face. Jules is making like a sad face because it's like these poor reflectors, like we don't want to reflect. We don't, we don't want to forget about you. Like you're not, you're not forgettable. And I feel like I just want to empower reflectors to say, even if you don't speak, even if you don't make your presence known, like your presence is still felt when you enter a room, a reflector energy is so rare. And I'm wondering, uh, Becca, Jules, what advice you have to a uh, reflector listening about how they can really own their unique energy and their gifts. I have felt this so many times socially in social networks and social circles where I feel like I can almost be disregarded. I can be unseen, which is crazy. You know, I'm pretty flamboyant. I can be like, you know, expressive. I'm, I'm, you know, a certain type of person and to feel like I could be disregarded at like a party or something, I can almost disappear. It's very strange and it can cause me pain if I allow myself to anchor into what that feels like. But to take it back to what Becca had spoken about earlier with that Teflon aura that you just kind of slide off of people, there are experiences where I'll be in a room with multiple people and I want to be seen too, and I'll almost be disappearing, but there's one or two people that are noticing me that are speaking to me. And it's like, they are doing the work of falling in love with themselves and of working on their own inner expression. And because of that, they really enjoy my mirror. So those people often are like, oh, I love you because they're seeing themselves. Actually, they're not seeing me. They're seeing parts of themselves expressed through me. And then they're like in love, like they just want to be near me. And then there are other people we spoke about, you know, people want to be seen and the people that come to us in business, there's actually a monetary exchange. So they're paying us. And then we are a witness to them, which is a beautiful exchange. And I love, you know, sometimes I have to pinch myself that this is our job because we have one-on-one -on -one exclusive clients that they pay us to deeply witness them. And then at the end of the session, always they're like, thank you for seeing me. Thank you. And I'm like, girl, I got you. This is amazing that this is my job. And then in social dynamics, it can be quite you know, it can be sad sometimes. I feel sad when I'm unseen. However, the people that see, that are excited, I love that process. And when people are actually in resistance where they're like, I don't want to be anywhere near you. I almost want to say to them, oh, it's okay that you don't like yourself. Yes. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, sorry that you're so uncomfortable with your own like witnessing that you can't stand me. I'm so sorry for you. But that's how it feels. It's so empowering. I love that. Becca, what would you add? I, I would add that I think the wisdom of what Sam brought up earlier, which is the idea of waiting for the invitation is important here, especially when you learn about the undefined throw, which all reflectors have. And the idea is that like the more that we try to yell for the purpose of like getting attention, we won't get attention and we won't be seen. And so the idea with the undefined throat is like, wait for, wait for your time, wait for the invitation to speak. When you wait for the right time to speak, people will listen. Um, and that has really helped me in like social settings. I used to be the kind of person that would like, I would accidentally talk over people because I just want my story or my comment to be heard. And I'm like, so scared that people are going to ignore me. And it's created a lot of social anxiety for me. But now that I've learned about this, I, I'm more relaxed in social settings. It's actually helped being on Zoom a lot because you have to be a little more mindful of like talking over people. But now I I observe the conversation and I always know that there's going to be a space for my comment. And there always is. And when I wait for the right space, people listen and it feels it feels really good. I love this. I would like to start with some closing questions. So my first question is, what do you wish every reflector knew? 
I think I wish that every reflector knew how many other people out there in the world feel exactly the way they feel. I think that as reflectors, we can feel just like lone wolves, kind of. And something that has been really impactful for me in creating our group program is like every single person in there, even people who aren't reflectors are like, wow, we're all thinking the same thoughts and having the same experiences. And I think that the more that we're afraid to just like show what's going on in here inside us to other people, we're going to continue to perpetuate that belief that like you're alone in your experience. But when you start to do the vulnerable work of sharing, especially as a reflector, you will see like, oh, I'm there's so many other people out there like me. I just need to find them. I think I'd like all reflectors to understand how deeply important they are to society as a whole and to their community and the people around them. And if they're consistently inviting energies that don't deeply value their wisdom, they need to strongly assess why they're putting themselves in that position and how to be around people that value them, because that is such a massive part of being a reflector. It's like, I have to express to some of our reflector clients and to myself very many times on the, you know, self-coaching experience of like, remember who you are. We are so important for the health. We are the barometer of society's health, of your community's health. You can see very quickly where things are off. I can see intentions. I can see ways of being. I'm thinking about my kid's school. I can watch the dynamic there. I know when a teacher has my child's best interest at heart and when I should be really deeply listening to their opinion. And so for any reflector out there, you have to understand that whatever is inside you that's telling you something is wrong or something is very right, you need to begin to trust that and have the worthiness of coming home to yourself, recognizing how important you are here. And if, if you're not able to do that, get around people that will train you to do it. That is so beautiful and so powerful. It's like both supportive, but also a wake up call to reflectors. My last question is, how can others support reflectors? You brought up this point, Jules, which is work on yourself. I truly believe that is like the kindest, most lovely gift that anyone could give me who's in my perimeter is to work on themselves. And I think the other thing would be to ask them more questions um, and just to just to be more open to seeing them, because like we just spoke about, we can feel not seen and not understood. And if somebody takes the time to like really focus on me and see me and ask me questions and be curious about my experience, it it means everything. It really does. I'm thinking about the closest people to me. And this is maybe a reframe of what to watch yourself doing if you're around a reflector. Uh, If you find yourself judging or criticizing their way of being, I would try my best to objectively look at the situation and see it from a place of witnessing too. So listening, witnessing, rather than placing judgment, because the process that's going on within a reflector is so multidimensional and we're taking in so many angles. And there can be pivots, you know, we can change from this day to the next. So allow them the space to do so. Like, don't put them in a box. We can't be in a box. It's just impossible. And so if you are a friend or a close family member and you're putting this reflector in a box saying like, ah, they're fickle or they change their mind constantly, it's like, well, yeah, that's what we're actually meant to do is to sample and to understand and assimilate information. And eventually we'll get to the wisdom that we have to share with you. Just give us a little bit of space. Give us some time. Love it. Becca Jules, it is so rich to have both of you here and having been in your human design experiments as reflectors. It just, there's a lot of wisdom that was shared. I'm going to re-listen to this conversation a couple of times. It really helped shape my understanding of reflectors. And for folks who are listening, all energy types who are We just want to stay connected to you both. How can they do that? Instagram is the best way to find both of us. Um, That's where we hang out the most. So my handle is HD undefined. And I'm over at MS Juliana James. And so you can find me over there and uh, join. You know, we have workshops often and they're quite accessible. We wanted to make sure that they're accessible. And if you ever just like want to have a really good time. (laughs) 
Because I feel like they're kind of parties for us. Like it's like our quarterly party. Um, come party with us. We'll teach you about self-expression, about coming home to yourself, about intentional business. They're quite accessible. And then, of course, we have other programs that you can join us in and more exclusive offers where you get us, you know, on your side. But Instagram is the best place to find us and come tell us where where you came from and why you're here. And we'd love to jam. Thank you both so much for sharing your time and your wisdom and your beautiful presence with us. Thank you to anyone listening who loved this episode, who share it, who were moved by it. Thank you for just spending your time with us. If you loved it, um, let us know. Everyone here, Nadia, me, Becca, Jules would love to hear from you and love to hear your reflections. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.